Welcome to Fiction to Function. I'm Sean Melton. I'm Seth Melton. And I'm Jubal Burton. We are continuing our, if you want to call it a series, you could call it a series. That's up to you. Uh, on kind of just getting to know us and the people we surround ourselves with and kind of explaining more, uh, giving kind of more of a frame of reference for what it is we're doing here, what we're working on, and who we're working with. And so today, that's one of our oldest allies, Jubal Burton. Jubal, how'd we meet? Um, we met through my older brother, coincidentally enough, and I was working at Chick-fil-A, which was one of the worst jobs, because it's fast food, but it's fast food, and you have to smile the whole time can't be rude and I got home one night uh, I was like looking like an idiot because they made me wear a hat on top of that terrible outfit and I got home and there's just a bunch of people I didn't know in my living room hanging out with my brother and the first person I ran into was you Sean and I was like cool what's up guys and I went to my room got changed and I was like where's my guitar at <laughs> and then, he was like, oh, Seth's playing guitar. And I was like, who's Seth? And I went out on the porch. And Seth was just chilling out there by himself playing my guitar. And I went there and hung out with Seth. And the rest is history, pretty much. I'm really glad to have heard that story because I didn't remember that story. Did you remember that? Uh, vaguely. It was when, yeah, when you guys were living by the bridge. Yep. Yeah. You were playing Crazy Train. By the bridge? Yeah, yeah on the other side Did of PGA you... Bridge. Oh my gosh. Wow, that's so. This is we're talking about. We're going back what thirteen years, I think. Uh, no, dude, we're going back like almost fifteen. I I yeah, I was so. fifteen at the time, almost twenty nine. Yeah, so yeah, about four, 13, 14 years. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. And so yeah, we we bonded. Um, I think we there we were able to bond pretty quickly because we come from a big family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's. five kids in our family uh and then in your family there are 10 kids 10 kids of which you are the seventh 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 son that's right okay yeah and so i think that that kind of there there's kind of a camaraderie sort of feel with uh people who definitely naturally i think you guys were the first same yeah. Big family we met when we after we moved down here because I definitely encountered plant like a couple other big families because mm-hmm. you're a big family and someone says hey you know who you get along with these savages yeah there's like a million of them my mom like drags our asses over <laughs> over to go hang out with them and I'm like these people are savages <laughs> why did you think that just because there's a lot of them and there's a lot of us we would enjoy this <laughs> we were also all homeschooled too cause yeah. Yeah. Were you homeschooled your whole career? No. Uh, t- t- first. You went to gardens, right? Yeah, That's first, right. second, fifth, and 11th grade. First, second, fifth, and 11th grade you were homeschooled? No, I was in school the rest of Oh, okay. First, second, fifth, and 11th you were in school. The mm-hmm. rest was homeschooled. Okay. Yeah. Just enough to be awkward. <laughs> yeah, just, en- just enough to not get over those weird social barriers that you learn to develop when you're homeschooled. Yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah, because we were homeschooled, uh, everything but, I, for me, it was third and fourth grade, but it was like half of each year. So it was like a total of like one yeah, year's worth of schooling. Half of half of second grade. Right. What a strange, yeah. And it really is, as you wind up, a lot of these 
people you find. Like, it's, I always think of the, in uh, Mean Girls, when he's talking about it. She's like, I was homeschooled, but it wasn't, like, the weird homeschool. And, like, it cuts to, like, the family, and they're talking about, like, you know, I think this is on the eighth day, God created the AK-47 hunting rifle so that he could... Yeah, and it's like it's it's a it's funny, it's great, but but it is true. There's a lot of we ran into a lot of strange ones, and I'm sure we were all strange in our own ways. I know that was true. Yeah, we're, I think, but I think what cut cut us away from the rest is, well, I was I was kind of on the big family thing versus the homeschool thing. Sure, but we were polite. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, the, the at least for me, and I'm sure you guys have met plenty of the big families at this point, but I. There's no order. It's all chaos. In the big family, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's easy to happen. Easy to get kind of... Mm-hmm. Not to get in a huge discussion about homeschooling and the pros and cons to it, but with a big family and having siblings and whatnot, it's like, you know, if you get to... Um, there's a... That's kind of like all you have, and that's mm-hmm. nice, you know? It's like you kind of, like, learn how to deal with life with... A few people growing your shoes as well, and then that that can be beneficial. So, pros and cons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I think that there's a lot of, um, I think that that really is it. And, and Jubal said this already, but it's more so the homeschooling thing is just kind of a interesting element we both yeah. share. But I think that the big family really is the thing that does it mostly. And because, like you said, when you you get to learn to become, there's so many times in my life when I like explain like that I'm friends with my brothers. Mm-hmm. You know, like if I'm talking about Seth, and I'm like, uh-huh. oh, I'm going to hang out. And they're like, oh, your brother's in town or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they don't understand that it's something where we talk, you know, so frequently. Because yeah. we grew up together, and we're brothers, and we're friends. And I think that's the weird element. And it allows you to kind of have this, like, natural connection to other people who come from big families, who come from that specific type of big family where they're friends. Like you and your, I know, it's you and especially your, the next oldest brother, right? Yeah, we're very, yeah, yeah, we're very close. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, in terms of the you know, fiction or stories piece. How did that, some of that play out in your, uh, history, Jubal? Um, the, to be honest, it was, it was books. Um, there was a lot of us and my parents had to fight to maintain order in such a large family. So it was pretty much, there wasn't like a lot of, there wasn't a lot of fun stuff to do, you know, and like, I've said this a million times, like, the action figures thing, like, action figures are cool, but I never understood owning them, because we didn't get a lot of toys, because ten kids fighting over ten, you know, like, right. it was, my parents learned very quickly not to, um, not to introduce anything that too many people want, right? you know, and it was smart on their behalf. Is this so, supply and demand issue? <laughs> yeah, exactly, there's right. definitely an issue of supply and demand. Um... So where fiction, where fiction came in is like I remember even, you know, like when you try to remember before you knew how to read and like right. what words looked like, like you try to remember what it was like looking at words before you knew what they meant. Um, I learned how to read really quick. I think it's a lot because I really wanted to learn how to read. Like I, um, my, like I remember being told the story of the Hobbit. Right. From my brother, older brother, who'd read it before, before I knew how to read, and I remember thinking, "I won't learn how to read, so I can read The Hobbit." Right. That sounds great. Yeah, and a lot of it was because there was not a lot to do. You're snowed in. Well, you're snowed in like three months of the year up there. With up there like, being Montana. Yeah. 
Sorry. No. Um, but it's not even a matter of, like, you can't go outside and play in the snow. It's, like, you go outside and play in the snow once, and now all your snow clothes are soggy for right. the next few days, and you don't want to put those on while they're soggy again. And not only that, it's, like, we actually didn't play outside as much as you would think because you got to keep track of that many kids. And if you have three playing outside and two playing in the basement and, like, three upstairs, it, mom, parents try, kind of tried to keep us, like, a little bit consolidated. Or at least that's how it seemed from my perspective. But where fiction comes into play is I learned how to read right away because I wanted to learn how to read because I wanted to read books. Because if you were reading a book, you wouldn't get told to do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, like, even drawing, like, I, what I do a lot, um, I... That was kind of a thing that was like, it was fun to do because it was something that I, I got to do on my own. But even drawing could, was kind of looked like I was like a waste of time a little bit. So, but if you're reading, it's fun. You're immersing yourself in the story and and you're not going to get busted for it. So, <laughs> right. so I picked up reading and like even movies, like I remember reading before I remember movies because we watched probably one movie a week, Friday nights. Oh, you had a schedule. It was it wasn't even nearly scheduled. It was just like something to look forward to right. every week. So like you know, if we're gonna watch a movie, it'll be Friday nights. They get some chips and dip, as they would call it, which was like chips and salsa. Right. And we'll watch a movie, and um, so my my love for fiction actually started with books, and movies were just kind of a fun thing for a long time. But it was funny because I remember, like, kind of like the, where I started developing, like, love for movies. A, my oldest brother, like, knew a ton about him. You know, he seemed like a superhero to a degree. Like, how do you know this director's name who directed this movie? Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Which one? Jamin. Hmm. Um, but, but I remember dad, like, dad was the one who kind of, like, sequestered you know, Friday movie night into two movies. There'd be one that the kids could enjoy and then one that, like, he wanted to see. And, like, you know, the older siblings, whatever. And that's kind of where, like, you know, it, and if you could stay awake and not cause any trouble or talk during the movie and it wasn't deemed inappropriate, you could watch it, too. And that's where I watched these things like um, uh, Life is Beautiful and Saving Private Ryan. And um, what's that one about the guy with the kid who's deaf and he's a teacher? Some, someone's Mr. A, Holland's Opus? Mr. Holland's Opus. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that movie when I was way too young to understand it. So did we, by the way. Do you remember that? We saw that in theaters. Mom mm-hmm. always had, like, a connection. Any sort of film where there was, like, somebody who had, like, there was a teacher or, like, a kid or someone with a disability or things mm-hmm. like that, my mom just gravitated towards. So I remember that. Well, yeah, it's funny, too, because our dad also had... A lot of like movie nights, which yes, were the same thing. Most mm-hmm. of the time, if we were renting, yeah, 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 we did. He he would take us to Blockbuster like, like once a week. Kids movie, which was like relatively shameful. Yeah, and then, and then the Deer Hunter. Yeah, but yeah, so yeah, so honestly, and that was kind of when I was kind of like got it like a an interest for for movies as more than just like something to laugh at because at that point I had a good understanding of what reading was like there's sure. so much detail crammed into reading that you barely you don't really have to read between the lines versus movies are leave you with more to think about 
Mm-hmm. Not to say that books don't. Obviously, there's so much in books. But if you don't understand a part of a chapter, it's usually because you need to go back and read it again. The context is there for you. The context is there for you. Versus movies leave so much to be communicated in like a face expression or a lingering shot. Sure. And deeper and deeper and deeper. So... Yeah, I never um, thought about that. I guess you can see how each of them has is more uh, challenging and more rewarding in different ways. Mm-hmm. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. And so, do you think that... You mentioned uh, the the drawing aspect, which you is usual did offhandedly, as if you aren't very good at it, but I can say that you're <laughs> very good at it. Do you think that that played anything into that, honestly? I agree or disagree. Um, <laughs> no, definitely. I think those first things I ever tried I um a lot of going back to the not getting toys thing a lot of gifts we got were usually books sure and it was funny because I never really like it wasn't because I was a kid and I didn't have a good reading level because I did I'm gonna be a jerk and pat myself on the back here um but but even like as I was getting older like I'd read the Lord of the Rings by age 12 but for Christmas in you know 2000 or not 2001 um I got I got a Diatopia book and the reason why is because it was like the illustrations mom mom always like got me books that like had like really cool illustrations I, I love those books they're so good they're so cool looking yeah yeah and James Gurney wrote and illustrated all of them <laughs> <laughs> he's a monster and they're all watercolor paintings they're so good um but but um so she bought you the dinosaurs via books one of them okay um but but i remember like one of the, like the first things i really try remember trying to draw was this like picture from like there was this, like an art book of like famous artists that did um, lord of the rings right paintings like before the movies were a glimmer in peter jackson's eye like alan lee who ended up doing art for lord of the rings movies sure had art in this book ted nasmith john howe all these people that are like amazing technical artists that did what we would now know as fan art <laughs> for for the Lord of the Rings and it's just like master and I remember trying to like you know sitting down trying to draw that with like crayons very quickly learned that I wasn't good with colors so right. I tried to get with pencils and still trying to get it very nice even close. that's awesome and so I guess you know in terms to of answer your question, which I failed to do, yes, the stories definitely played into my love of drawing um, and like creating, even. Which I guess is it kind of leads uh, leads really well into what we're talking about in this episode, which is Scott Program versus the world, yep. or Scott Program, uh, depending on. I'm sure we'll probably address a little bit from the comics and a little bit from the. Uh, uh, Edgar Wright film as well but so that's two separate that's actually kind of both of it it's kind of a little bit of everything we talked about because it's books there's it's art why I picked it yeah I didn't even think about that I didn't I really didn't think about that till the midst of this conversation so I guess you answered some of that but so this this you chose because I chose Scott Pilgrim versus the world because it's a perfect primer for the books it it does to my favorite honestly three of my favorite things in the world which are like good stories good comedy and good illustrations they do all those three things um in both the movie and the book and they do them perfectly and they both complement each other yeah. and i was thinking i picked scott pilgrim because 
I was thinking, like, I was thinking about my love for fiction and everything that goes into that. Like, my, the artistic side of me that loves the, how much you can communicate with a still, still picture. You know, it's a challenge unto itself. Um, but I was also thinking about, like, the comics versus the movie and how I can love them both side by side. And I was thinking about, like, and we did a night, I think we were talking about the Spawn movie, and I was saying something or another, and I was thinking about, I was thinking about comics that get made into movies, or even books that get made into movies. And there's always, like, I think there's the kind of thing that, like, you want, you read a good book, or you read a good comic book, and you're like, I'd love to see this turn into a movie. And I was like, and I think I kind of realized that I kind of think that should be flipped a little bit. Right. Because seldom has a movie ever communicated everything that was in, in a very good book. You mm-hmm. know, there are people who've done an excellent job. And I think the reason why I love Scott Pilgrim is because he took six books and made it into a two-hour movie. Yeah. And it, it wasn't even like a Lord of the Rings situation. Like, he had to make them so long to cram what he wanted to. But, like, it's like he managed to take, like, the feeling, both, like, visually... And the story-wise and the characters, he just managed to take the feeling mm-hmm. and create it into a movie and a story without without chopping it to pieces. Yeah, which is extraordinarily like, hard to do. Yeah, it's like, it's like, you know, when I feel like, you know, a good adaptation, they have to, like, amputate as few pieces of the story as they possibly can. add crap and that doesn't even that isn't even in the it's a funny yeah. enough, I was just talking to Hope about that with, with like comic book movies and whatnot mm-hmm. something like Watchmen it's like what the, why would you add stuff that is not even in the books when mm-hmm. you can't even fit everything in the and books and like I wonder if maybe that comes from a place of like I left this hole now because mm-hmm. I had to amputate a piece of this story mm-hmm. and now I got to fill it with something to make me, but Watchmen. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Watchmen, I think there's a level of that. It's like, it's almost too complex, but it's like the core of the whole story. And then, mm-hmm. yeah. But, um, well, and so briefly before, and, and for, uh, we talk about this all the time, um, where it's like, there's going to be spoilers in this. Uh, yeah. and if you've listened to this, far and you haven't somehow seen Scott Pilgrim and I think we can try to be a little bit careful with any spoilers that come up specifically with the books because I think more people have pro- I would imagine more people have probably seen the movie than than another spoiler for both yeah no I'm saying it is a spoiler for both but if you've seen the movie and you're watching this we'll be careful how we talk about the spoilers in the book specifically the movie you should know at this point like we're going to talk about that but the books I highly recommend to you, and you know, so I was just today um, talking with, uh, so I went to go visit a friend earlier, and he had one of his friends there at, you know, the bar that I was visiting him at, hanging out with him, and we were talking about Scott Pilgrim, the movie, and I said this there, and I've said this many times before, and I think that you're kind of touching on this now, Jubal, or we've been touching on, we've been working through it, is this idea that I love that you said the movie's a good primer for the books because you would think that you'd want to do the books first. It really doesn't matter in this case because mm-hmm. they're just different enough and just similar enough for you to be able to enjoy them both however you take them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure we'll get to the differences a little bit later on, but they both do such a good job being what they are. And I tell people this is what I said earlier today is uh, if you like the movie, you should read the books because the, the books are... I think 
so much better and that's saying something because mm-hmm. the movie is excellent like I, I i it's such a blast it's so fun it's so well directed and we'll get to you know that more later but scott yeah no scott Glenn is a perfect example of that because i think lord of the rings you know the only movie ever to win every cat like to get nominated for 11 oscars and win them all but um but there's specifics there but i am right Um, but um for instance lord of the rings lord of the rings is perfect honestly Mm -hmm. but it's a primer for the books because no matter how long those movies are like almost 10 hour 10 hours of Mm -hmm. runtime between the three movies um even they have to leave out so much and i feel like but it's still great but like the scott pilgrim books and the scott pilgrim movies are just like two perfect parallel lines Right, they work so good side by side. And if you read the books mm-hmm. first, you'll enjoy the movie. And if you lo- like the movie, you'll love the books. Like, because yeah. did you see the movie first? I did. So did I. Yeah, and I was so happy going because like the funny thing is they look different in the books and all that stuff. But like you kind of like the voices even work. Yeah, you know like, and you'll notice from page one, so it's not a spoiler. But like, Scott Pilgrim in the book does not look or even mostly act like Scott Pilgrim in the movies but like you can kind of still hear his voice and the voice still works so well yeah it's interesting how they kind of are they're they're that's one of the the biggest differences for me in a way is that the Scott it's so strange because he's he's so similar in both Mm -hmm. but he's so different in both there's a different tone kind of to him that I imagine I think in the books I imagine, but yeah, like you said, it works. They actually did um, some animated. Do you did you ever see these? They did, I did. Some, yeah. Them. yeah. They did some animated uh, renditions of the comic, and they had the voice actor, the movie, yeah, the actor so in the good. movie, do the Got voice. Into actor. a fight, an awesome fight. It's yeah, very good. So good. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think it's. It just it hits every criteria for me. Right. Honestly, honestly, as far as like what I like, just enjoying as a whole. You know, and even like the even like what it's like the content of it there's like it's like so much about like friendship and community and self-respect and love and like like it just it just does such a good even sweep of all the things that i care about that's awesome and well, music yeah the music's pretty <laughs> yeah. too yeah specifically obviously in the i mean the, but the the and and for you i mean and i know so you would have been a couple years younger than me when i read it i have a special connection for scott pilgrim because you were his age? I was 23 when I read it. So the fact that I was the age the character was, even though there's not there's a, there's many ways where I don't resonate with this character, but there's a lot of ways where I think anybody who's living in that sort of, you know, at that age, in that specific time, um, can really... You definitely had the lifestyle at the time, no yeah, matter the age. Yeah, you can understand. Yeah, of course, then the references to video games or things like that, all the fun little things that, that they did. Brian Lee O'Malley, who's the author of the 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 comics does such a good job communicating um, a lot of the intricacies that you face in this weird spot where you're now fully like quote unquote an adult, but you're still definitely not, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's nothing to say, but like, you know, when I look back on myself uh, when I was 23 years old, I'm like, you're, I was, that's so young. But then I, and I think about this constantly, but I also very well remember, you know, when I was in high school, hearing that somebody was 20 and being like, oh my gosh, and this mm-hmm. person's 
three, four years older than me, how much more they must know. And then you get there and you're just in this weird spot where you're not, again, you're not, you're, you definitely are a grown up, but you're also not kind of, it's really strange. You have the responsibilities, but you don't have the knowledge yet. Yeah. Know? That's a good way to put it. And it, and it's, and, and that's, I mean, it's one of the things I really liked about it is that they do this, he, they do, he does such a good job of taking these, uh, normal everyday events in a very specific sort of scene and culture specifically the like we have a garage band mm-hmm. that we're trying to actually make it life mm-hmm. um these people who are kind of trying to struggle with creativity and trying to put creativity out there but in our various degrees of good at it <laughs> you know what yeah I mean? um trying to and navigate take it more serious than others yes and trying to navigate through relationships and things like that and, and, and everything that, all the baggage that kind of comes along with it. And then adding this kind of superhero element where there's superpowers and things in it. It's just, it's a brilliant idea. It's such mm-hmm. a blast. What's funny, so I have not read the books. Right. None mm-hmm. of them. So I've only seen them. I've seen the movie like a handful of times. So I've seen it about three times. And I do have to admit, the more I like think about it, even today, when I heard it, what that's what we were doing, I kind of, I didn't roll my eyes or anything, but I was just like, okay, all right. Mm-hmm. And then I started thinking about it, I'm like, actually, a really good movie. But um, I will say that I, it, it, of course, it's fun and it's uh, it's a fun and relatable movie, especially for people around the age of the main character and everything. But it is just funny because. I feel like I took a, a much more uh, pessimistic uh, view of it in hindsight, you know. How do you mean? Like, that um, that your past decisions, like, hold weight. Right. Um, and I guess to word it better, I'm like, I, I, like the, I like the fact that... And I like this. I like this aspect of it a lot, but... It has, like, the blunt metaphor that the whole story is predicated on, which is that your past decisions will inevitably, or could inevitably, turn into villains that not only affect you and your life, but affect you and your life and who you don't even know yet, but you will know and who will mean a lot to you. Right. Mm -hmm. And... They will have to deal with your decisions. Although the flip side of the story with Scott Pilgrim is the fact that he becomes a hero who is able to, what would I say, is able to take on the baggage of this person's past with this person with dignity. Yes. That's great. And And overcome his own as well. And hence the dignity. Yeah, yeah. Like, um... And fine, right, so it can be a very positive thing in that regard. On the flip side, it would be nice if she had, like, two ex, evil exes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, versus seven. Right. And maybe not, because maybe he learned a lot more the other way around. But anyways, it's just funny because, uh, although I thought it was fun, I also thought it was like, well, this is why you should be more responsible. Yeah. Right, yeah. No, oh, it's, you definitely need to read the books. <laughs> that's what I was just thinking, Jubal. Oh my gosh, because I was like, I, I want you to read the books so bad. Because even in terms of what you're saying about not to give too much away in it, uh, because 
and and I'm being more careful about the spoilers where the book is concerned because again I think most people have done it and I I want you so bad to have this experience I know when I was reading these books it's one of the very few book series that I would only read a chapter or two before bed at night because it brought me such joy and it was just such a nice way to end my day and in the books though the element of the decisions you have and your responsibility to face and especially for Scott acknowledge them because mm-hmm. Scott's got a whole bunch of baggage that he kind of floats through life being completely uh, ignorant well not ignorant but like just uh, intentionally avoiding it. at the very least negligent whether it's yeah. purposeful or not mm-hmm. about the things that he's brought into the case and they and they point this out a lot in the movie yeah. and in the book where he'll be like you know, I love, you probably remember this, but when he's talking about, you know, Kim, and he's like, oh, that was forever ago. Kim's fine. And it like zooms in on Kim and she's like, like and she's not fine. <laughs> he acts, he, he behaves like she, because he's worked it through in his head and he's fine because he is self-centered. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's, he's, a, he's a 23 year old guy for all intents and for, for, in, in all areas. You know what I mean? How old is she? Uh, I think that she's a little bit older than him. I think yeah, I think she's twenty four. That's what I think. I think she's twenty four years old. Yeah, I think she's twenty four. But it's interesting, you know what I mean? Because there's and, and again, and I'll I'll say this to you one more time. I highly recommend you do it at some I, point. It's, I it's will sometime. Absolutely. I'm, I'm hoping that the uh, ship has not sailed for me on it. Yeah, I was thinking because that I don't. Yeah, I think that you'll probably be able to appreciate it still, okay. even being a little bit older. Um, and moving on in life and not living that. You can probably remember what it was like. And, and even still, regardless, you're looking at a story about these characters that um, who do learn something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the I was talking about this again earlier today, but it's interesting too because... So I found out uh, that the, the book um, series ended. After the movie. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, which is really interesting because the um, it's a testimony, I think, to how well uh, the movie works. Mm-hmm. Is that it? Knowing that it's going to come out before, and I don't know if Brian Lee O'Malley kind of gave them hints and they decided to take it a different direction, which makes me again, I love it because I feel like I can watch them both for different reasons mm-hmm. and enjoy them for similar reasons, mm-hmm. which is great. Um, but the the moral kind of winds up actually being different in the book. To the end of the, at least Scott's big revelation is different in the book. Is there, it is, yes. Yeah. Than in the, in the movie. Which can you put like a? Do you want to hear it? I do. Yeah, I am very curious because I, I mean, to, so if right, I so just remember because I did not watch this very recently. Recently, but the moral of that, and that's something I kind of didn't like about it a little bit. Is I'm, I am happy that he 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 found dignity in fighting fights that to fall in love and get over and grow up i do think that that's like a good honorable thing but i, I mean i've already said it so, so not to believe well, the movie here is the power of self-respect the which sword do the, you remember this yeah, yeah which so is when the when he, movie yes yeah, okay Sorry. yeah yeah no no it's fine and then yeah and in the book mm-hmm. he uh it's a very similar spoiler situation. Again. Yeah, spoiler. Just skip past the next like ten seconds, and you'll be good. It's but he earns the power of understanding on how to deal with it. No, how on other other individuals, other human beings. Okay. And seeing where other people are coming from and what they've dealt with That's and what's going on. Smart. It's awesome. Yeah, because like he's kind of like holding. 
like throughout the whole thing you kind of get this like thing with him and Ramona and he's always like you got like all these exes like you know when are your exes gonna stop kicking the crap out of me and like kind of when he gets the power of understanding he's like I've been ignoring all this baggage that she's affected by that I have. That I have, and I've just been completely ignoring. Mm-hmm. And if you fl- if you flip it too, and look at it Ramona's from Ramona's perspective, she every time she addresses one, she's like, "Oh yeah, that was kind of a boyfriend I had." Like, yeah, yeah, honest, and it's especially so to the book. So it's kind of funny because on both sides, mm-hmm. the person's like, "Yeah, those are my exes," and the other person's getting like blasted by right by the other person's actions. So it's like it really doubles down on what she said. Okay, it's very, good. it's very good, and it's and that's one of there's there's still no, more. That's a great message. I mean, because also the, it's like for a lot of people, I understand. Um, I mean, we all are young and make mistakes, so I'm not saying that that's inexcusable, but you know, um, yeah, it also is. It's it's smart once again, mostly for yourself to not have so much package because mm-hmm. it's heavy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But again, it's great where, mm-hmm. you know, I know for me, that's something I definitely lived a lot of my life kind of going, you know, in past relationships. And your, your focus can so easily go on what the other person's done to you mm-hmm. and how you, how they've impacted, uh, they've impacted you. And viewing yourself like a superhero for being able to deal with it. Yeah. And then when you start to go, mirror, I, I wasn't a walk, mirror, yeah. yeah, I wasn't a walk in the park either. Yeah. And that's kind of, and that's one of many. I mean, they go a little bit more into like side characters and things like that. So there's a lot more lessons. There's just a lot more content in mm-hmm. the books. So it's able to do sure, a lot more. Sure. And again, like I would, yeah. And again, I would highly recommend it. But, uh, but that that really for me is always the main difference that stands out. And I enjoy, I like the book better. I like the book's meaning better. I like the book better all around, which again says something because, uh, I could watch this movie tonight. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love it. I mean, if we even go to the technical aspect, I mean, I could waste all kinds of time talking about how smart the movie was. How it's like the only comic book movie I ever watched that transitions like a comic book does intentionally mm-hmm. to a ridiculous degree. Or how like even like the colors or the scenery are shot like frames in a comic book. It's They do it. They just do it so well. Edgar Wright... Um... I think was had to have been the perfect person to helm this. He's great as it is. I mean, mm-hmm. like I love Hot Fuzz. I love uh, World's End. Um, Shot of the Dead. Yeah, yeah. Even it, it's funny. Baby Driver. Just you know, he got so much attention for that one. Yeah. And I, I, for me, honestly, it's one of the ones I like least. I still enjoy it. I think it's a very well um, put together movie. But I, I think that it's, it's, it feels a little bit watered down. And I, frankly, I like how, how much he commits to his line of action, which is exactly why Scott Pilgrim wound up being the movie that it was, is because he was like, I'm just going to put it in panels. I'm going to put a narrator at this point. I'm going to, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. No, he does the ridiculous so well, and he makes, it's like, it, if I could compare it to anything, it's like a chef was like handed like a tub of glitter and like whale fat and like some other mystery meat ingredient and because these aren't ingredients intended for eating and he somehow managed to like just use the three of those things to make something edible 
and it's it's absolutely incredible because like can you imagine like it must be so daunting to do a movie about a comic book at least if you're humble enough to realize the undertaking you're bringing on right mm-hmm. a lot of people don't realize that yeah but um because comic books are such an entity unto themselves and they do such a good job or if they do a good job like they they use so many use so many tools to like convey a story and they're often shorter than books and they're often shorter than movies so it's like you do so much in a comic book and if you're like humble and you're going about this like you could either do it exactly like the comic book and it would just be a disaster on screen right or like taking something like Scott Pilgrim that's so outlandish that intentionally leaves out details that would make stuff make a lot more sense right Mm -hmm. and making this into a movie that's just incredibly enjoyable to watch yeah it it's masterful yeah oh god you guys like it (laughs) no i like it this is what's so funny about the movie though because it's a movie that like everyone can enjoy for almost any reason because it's a you could walk into that movie watch it start to finish and be like that was a blast i laughed the whole time and then just not think about it anymore sure or you could like take away what you took away from it is like see the clear moral there well clear moral that's not like handed to you or in your face yeah Yeah, that's in your face but if you think about it it's like it's obviously there or not judgmental that even what i said i'm not trying to be like be a good person as much as i'm saying you you do you want i mean did do you want seven villains yeah for your you know or your kid to let's say your kid yeah. That's a huge thing is like the concept of like who you are today is going to be the same person who's a parent in your 40s. Well, I, and are your sin are the sins of you now or sins I say but like your yeah. poor decisions now going to affect a kid that never asked for it or mm-hmm. a spouse or a, and it's just something to be mindful of and this does it in a very ju- non-judgmental way. Um, which I think is yeah. There's a light-hearted manner to the, yeah. the to the point that, and I think that you said this very astutely is your decisions hold weight, yeah. which which is what we see through a lot of the the, the film. And, and again, they and and the book, the story in general, and it's it, I I also like what you were saying, Drew, about it there being kind of something in there for everybody, everybody. because who isn't in who isn't uh, in the midst of these sorts of relationships at some juncture in their life, especially around this age. And I think especially around our culture, because that's another area where it was like really perfect. Cause if you think about when we read this, we understood this because there's, it's kind of this like indie scene that they mm-hmm. all like hang out in, you know what I mean? And they're all, yeah, there's that guy that's always saying, you know, there's so much better life or their first album is <laughs> the best, you know, like how many times did we hear that every week? No, and it's funny because we think about we talk about this a whole lot because we all were pretty, pretty consistent concert goers, mm-hmm. which is funny because now oh, oh no, now pay me to go on one. Yeah, yeah we talk about it all. The, it's like even like, I mean, you can't see Seth's wearing, but Seth, you're wearing a modest mouse shirt now that I got from the concert that you went to. Yeah, yeah, still fits you. I got yeah, way better than you. That did was me. the last concert I went to, and I believe it was like three years ago. Is it really? Mm-hmm. It was three years ago. Yeah. yeah so that's that's what I'm saying. I got it right when I started getting fat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and so it's it's it's, uh, it was a world that we really 
lived in. And I think that especially at the time, again, it was really perfect in, in defining. When you talk about these works of art that define like the place and time, and it's so funny because I'm, I'm seeing the future about five seconds from now when I'm about to compare Scott Pilgrim to like Easy Rider. But it makes me think of that. And it's like, and, and I don't know if it will fade like Easy Rider. When you, so like when you were saying, Seth, you don't know if you can go revisit it and it'll be the same. And I hope it will. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least you can see it for what it's worth because yeah. it gets tricky. Like we've talked about this before because watching Easy Rider now, yeah, there's an element where me no, yeah. is a, you know, 30 something year old guy in the year 2019. I look at Easy Rider and I'm like, dude, why are you like, what are you doing with your life? Yeah, come on, man. Lock it up. It doesn't have to go like this. And that's how I feel. It really is. Or if we're like watching like Five Easy Pieces. It's a similar, it's another film that's a lot like that also with Jack Nicholson mm-hmm. where it's like when I go and watch those films, I kind of look back on it going like, uh, I just don't because I'm out of touch with the time and place. And, and I don't know how much that'll be the case for um, anybody in the future. I mean, it's definitely, it's certainly like a millennial sort of Yeah, but on story. the flip side, I think that there's... Uh there's validity in that even like to be like you know show your kids yeah and, and it, even like not in, that it was exactly like scott pilgrim but like no. you know our time but but at the same time you know yeah well and even with easy rider i do think that there's a uh the a lot of the spirit of the movie mm-hmm. even if not the um s- specifics of the time and place yeah i think the spirit of you know, these people searching for what they're searching for, yada, yada, yada. Those still hold, and hopefully I think these will still hold. Because, again, so much of it has to do with just basically, like, kind of try to remove yourself from yourself and see things from other perspectives and see exa- see what's going on. Um, and that's the beauty of, of this story is that it, 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 it takes such grand ideas and brings them down to that simple and practical way that you can implement them specifically at that age and even more specifically in that time and yes. setting. You can also enjoy it because it's really technical. And yeah. there's some really good shots in it and CGI that are really well done. Well, it's I think... a good movie to watch when you're sad. Mm-hmm. It's a good movie to watch when you like maybe need a kick in the pants and like The Metric song's really good. The Metric song is really, really good. Yeah. Only hands if you hear this, I love you. But but yeah, no, it's, it's just, it's such a, it's such a good blanket. Like, honestly, there's like a, not a corner of it that's worn out. Like, it really is, like you said, is a film technically. I mean, that I have a really hard time believing that people won't understand or appreciate 20 years from now because it's a blast. And it's like, you know, I still watch. Well, like, but it, technically, I mean, but technically, I mean, like the shots. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, the transitions. Well, like, it's, it's, I mean, like I, I can't, can't think... Can... Well, you know how fun it is and how fun it is to watch, just to look at. Right. I can't think of another movie that executes the uh, unique style quite as well as this movie. I can't. I mean, I, you know. Yeah. So for that alone, it's absolutely. Brand. Yeah, it is. It's, it's excellent. So. We've talked, we've kind of, you know, talked about the, the functional aspect of this story uh, throughout the duration of the podcast. Um, and that being exactly what this sh- show is for all intents and purposes for, 
is trying to find the truth and trying to be able to find practical application for it. Uh, do you guys have any other thoughts on that? Because I know that there's a lot to discuss here, and we've just, we've talked we've gone over a good amount, but I know there's some we haven't. I think the most important function, honestly, and it's kind of a small one, is to learn. Like one of the things that the movie does a good job of showing, and I think my favorite thing that I take away from it is that it's not just one lesson you learn. Mm-hmm. That's that's the important thing about the movie. I think it's the first lesson he learns is how to actually love someone. He gains the power of love, but then he also still has to learn the power of self-respect. Right. You know, and he still has to embrace Negascott at the end. You know, like which is like understanding your demons. Like it's not just it's not a it's it's a journey that's never over. Right. You well, know, like well balanced or yeah, well rounded person. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, it's never over. Mm-hmm. And, like, even at the end, they're just kind of like, and it's not like a flyaway into the stars kind of thing. It's literally just like, all right, well, you know, you're going to got more to learn, but you're on the right track now. Yeah, it almost yeah. feels like maybe we can do better. Mm-hmm. And it ends on a positive note, but it's not because there's a happy ending and everything wraps up perfectly. It's because we're on our way to becoming four human beings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And grown ups, really. Yeah. So how similar, not reading the books, um, how similar were the uh, the villains in it in contrast to the books? The villains have way more character in the books. Okay. And dare say even funnier. Yeah. And they also actually leave you with different feelings in the, uh, as compared from the books compared to movies. Like there are some of them and you're like, well, I wish it didn't have to go like that. Yeah. You know, he's kind of an all right guy. He's a little douchey, but... Yeah. And I think that's an important thing, if you look at it, especially from what you said, is like, so-and-so's ex probably isn't that bad of a dude. Mm-hmm. He's got his things, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a shame that I have to... Uh, you know, he's Miami now because of association, because yeah. he's an all right guy. And, like... And I think there's, like... There's definitely different vibes... For all the X's in the in the books versus so, what does that final fight look like? Well, seeing as it didn't end, you should actually save that for yourself. Yeah, and also with the, I think that another really great thing about the book and the way that the X's play into that is, I think you get a really solid sense of the phases that she was kind of in in her life Mm -hmm. through the X's, and some of them are kind of funny and just you know that's somebody that you know. I held hands with when I was younger or something mm-hmm. stupid like that. You know what I mean? Or it's like, you know, this guy was really sweet and worshipped the ground I walked on. This guy, I worshipped the ground he walked on. That's what I was going to say. This yeah, was like, just a chill dude. Yeah. This guy thought he was the entire universe, yeah. you know, like... Some of them are much more... And that's what I was going to say is and some of them are much more sinister or, yeah. or they're they're much more impactful. Well, I know we were talking about this earlier too, uh, Seth, but Seth had, remember Seth had brought up this idea of Ramona having the chip on her and this idea that the last ex that you have, the last relationship that you're in. And again, regardless of whether or not they did this in the movie, I do think that that was a, a very... Uh, Clever way of sneaking that in there. Yeah. The, the, the last one you're with still kind of has a piece of... There's this weird control. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. That that person kind of has over you long after. And, and it's, it's a hard... I want to say it's a hard thumb to get out from under, a, and it's funny because I'm I, I'm trying to remember, but I think under my under thumb, thumb is, is that's in, in the film, movie. isn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah. Gideon's listening to it in the car. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So there you go. And I didn't even make that correlation until literally right now. But I'm like, that you are, that it really is that. It's, there's this, this idea that that person is kind of still back there and it, it and it's, it's difficult to get out from under. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Jubal, you already kind of set it up. This is, you know, and in a perfect world where we were amazing at this whole podcast deal, we would have, uh, planned this out so that it, we would end on the idea that you had where you said this is all you know there's more than one lesson to learn there's more than one point to be had there's more than one perspective and uh i really do love stories that blend the mystical with the practical mm-hmm. and uh this is why you know anybody who knows me well knows that you know lost is one of my favorite it's, it's my favorite television show mm-hmm. I'm not it's not even the best show I've ever seen but it is my favorite television show and I think that uh, a significant part to, of that is because of course I love Lord of the Rings and I love what these characters stand for but day in and day out in my life I work the job that I work and Lost does a really good job of blending those two things together being mm-hmm. like you are more than what you think you are you also are you know and you know a doctor or an airline pilot, or a fugitive, or a guy who won the lottery who's kind of like, you know, just a dude, whatever it might be. And Scott Pilgrim does that so well. It really does such a great job at taking these grand ideas that feel so significant and so important and so earth-shattering, and it makes them literally so in an otherwise unassuming world where it's just a dude living in Toronto. Yeah. And it's excellent. And I would highly recommend it. And most importantly, that you're never done, but it's okay. That's right. As long as you're still learning them, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and with that, uh, I think that's going to do it for us. Again, thank you guys for listening. Please like, subscribe. Tell people. Your moms. Tell your moms about it. Please tell your mom. Please tell your mom. Hey. Tell your mom I said hi. Have a good one, guys. See you next week. See you later. Thanks. Yeah, now's the part where we're going to um, start talking about our exes. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs>